Welcome. You're tuning in to Calligraphy Unscripted. I'm Christy Tony, a calligraphy expert with 16 years of experience. And in this podcast, you can expect storytelling, actionable tips, and mindset hacks to help you along in this discipline. So let's just jump right in and ink up. Welcome to or welcome back to the Calligraphy Unscripted podcast. I'm your host, Christy Tony, and we are about to dip into some actionable info that you can use to monetize your calligraphy talent. It can be overwhelming to determine just how you're going to go about earning money from your calligraphy talent. When I started doing calligraphy seriously, back in 2007, it was hard to find a lot of information regarding the hand-lettered arts. It was mostly considered a cottage industry and commissions and projects relied heavily on word-of-mouth referrals. Now fast forward to 2023 with multiple social networks and you can find everything pertaining to calligraphy from tutorials to apparel to custom signs. The possibilities seem endless, and even after all these years, I seem to discover a new or interesting use for calligraphy that blows my mind. In today's episode, I want to discuss eight specific ways you can monetize your calligraphy services and talents. Now, calligraphy obviously has a big tent, and some of these services sometimes overlap. Now, the following categories are just typically the way that I see these services offered. Once you decide what you enjoy doing, you can focus on becoming known inside your market for this category or grouping of work. Number one, I'm categorizing envelopes and place cards. Now, I kept envelopes and place cards separate on purpose as these two services are usually standard and found on most Calligraphers service list. Again, these two services are standard and found on most calligraphers service lists. Now there are obviously ex- exceptions to this, but these services are broad and both event and corporate entities have this need. Now I started doing envelopes and place cards and little else, maybe some table numbers, In the beginning, these were two major services that I offered. Number two, calligraphy is fine art. So watercolor, spot calligraphy, invitation suites, just that highly bespoke custom look that you will see calligraphers create. Um, Think formal and modern scripts, pointed pen, illustrations, wax seal closures, custom monograms, all that stuff. Um, Calligraphers who produce these fine art pieces are typically exceptional watercolor artists and are comfortable sketching architectural details of the event location and or the client's childhood home. A lot of residences have deep meaning for people. You'll need to be comfortable pulling out meaningful details that will resonate with your client and their guests. Um, Whenever you are executing calligraphy that will be manipulated by a printer for mass production, 
just keep in mind that you'll need to have a basic understanding of the printing process and be comfortable digitizing your work. When I started calligraphy, I was still a print production manager. And so I had a high level of printing knowledge and the different kinds of printing that you could execute, letterpress, thermography, etc. But um, I, and I and I did offer invitation services, but again, you know, different trends or different industry changes will impact your service offerings. And the more visual the wedding industry became with Pinterest and Minted and Wedding Paper Divas, the more you were presented with someone else's work, just in my experience, and people wanted you to duplicate that, and it just got tiring. So <laughs> I retired my invitation hat. But the, the materials that people are putting together now in terms of something very bespoke, something that you can't find anywhere else, are simply amazing. So if that's something that you're thinking about, just know that you need to be an exceptional artist to pull this off. Okay, three, um, on-site brand activations, you know, in-store events, product engraving, wood burning, on-site lettering, things like that. Um, I've been finding exclusive engravers lately, and it's so popular that I can see why. I mean, the liquor bottles, the perfume bottles, jewelry, in-store brand activations usually occur seasonally. Okay, I mean, you can find yourself booked for popular holidays with the fourth quarter perhaps being the absolute busiest for calligraphers. Now, it's mostly engraving, but I am adding wood burning, lettering, and pointed pen to this category because brands will ask you to do different things on site. You know, you may be asked to write personalized letters that will go with a purchase. Uh, in a luxury brand store. So, you know, those things happen as well. It's not just engraving. But speaking of engraving, I think it's very interesting to note that engraving in this industry until just a few years ago was amazingly gatekept. <laughs> they really <laughs> did a lot of gatekeeping with uh, engraving. I don't know if it seemed accessible to the average calligrapher. But, um, yeah, there are a lot of calligraphers engraving now. Um, since that era, brush drill engravers have been private labeled and there are courses you can take and digital products available. Um, I will put a listing for a digital product that I thought was very helpful when I first started uh, learning engraving. But I will say that if you don't want to make a huge investment, you should just get a small Dremel tool. I'll also link to that in the show notes because it's something that may be extremely enjoyable to you, but it also might be something that you just want to do on your own in terms of giving personalized gifts to your family and friends. You may not want to monetize that, but um, I just like for people to get their feet wet with a Dremel before they actually invest in a brush drill. So I will give you that information. Okay, number four, signage, my happy place, mirrors, acrylic, windows, chalkboards, wood, wedding event calligraphy, uh, temporary installations, 
at wedding venues. Around 2010 and 2011, signage became extremely popular in the wedding and event world. Um, events went from having a handful of signs like reserved, please sign our guest book, to everything from bar signs, photo booth signs, in memoriam, and more. Um, and part of it was just because these weddings became uber personalized. People had different stations for everything, and they wanted those stations to be identified so that their guests would understand where they needed to go or what something meant to them. And also Pinterest coming along was just unbelievable what it did for the signage industry, the custom signs for weddings. It was unbelievable what it did for that. I mean, there were so many signs trending and mirrors and acrylic and cool pieces, and people wanted them. People wanted them at their events. Now, calligraphers had to decide if they were going to offer these kinds of services or not. Now, with few exceptions, sign making requires you to draw letters versus using a pointed pen nib or a brush pen, okay? Now, if you're comfortable drawing letters, there is still, after all these years, a high demand for this kind of work, and it can be very lucrative for you. Number five, children's signage. Think children's party decor, milestone chalkboards, birth announcement boards. Um, the children's space is fun and full of wood, color, chalkboards, and lettering, uh, bouncing bass lines, just really, really fun. It's, a, it's got a fun look to it. Um, this work also, in addition to being found on socials, relies heavily on word of mouth. Because of the social nature of parents, um, you can easily find yourself doing work, a lot of work for the same circle or network of family and friends. So it's a nice, it's a nice um, monetization option. Um, I find this medium, medium relaxing, and I would love to do more of it, but like with everything else, you need to post the kind of work that you want to be known for inside your market. So if, if you want to do something, you got to figure out a way to actually find the motivation to do some signage or do some of that kind of work and photograph it and post it. There is no way around that. Okay, number six, modern calligraphy exclusively using brush pens with text decoration. Think both fine line and Tombow style thicker brush pens and paint brushes. Now, I know this sounds odd, but, but hear me out. Bouncing bass lines, plenty of color, blending, and decorative elements is amazingly popular. This is a type of lettering that has become a true art form, really. And it's not just script. People are using these paintbrushes to make amazing block serif or slab serif letters. It's really beautiful. And um, if you enjoy vibrant colors, handling paint and brush pens, then this is a revenue stream that may interest you. Okay, you can letter quotes, digitize the work, and sell those prints. You can also use this lettering style as a design solution for more graphic needs that clients may have like book covers logos and sign painting it's a 
it's a really nice springboard for sign painting. So it's just something to think about. It's a legitimate monetization option. Number seven, product calligraphy. Um, think apparel, phone cases, hats, makeup bags. The possibilities are endless. Now, a lot can be done with digitized calligraphy. And when I say digitized calligraphy, I mean you getting comfortable turning your written letters into digital files, okay? Now, you can look into getting products created from these files to be placed on a product to sell, but you also may want to consider selling the files themselves as SVG files, which are so popular. These are the types of files that can be turned into vinyl. They're used with Cricut machines. Um, and people pay for these. People really pay for these. Um, you just probably need to do a high volume of them because it is more of a low dollar product offer. Etsy has really bastardized the SVG file pricing. You can probably get a hundred files for Christmas for a dollar. So, you know, it is pretty competitive in certain spaces, but other spaces, not so much. And people will pay for these files. Now, there is an audience that will buy that digitized artwork for their own personal or commercial use. So you just need to keep that in mind. Make sure you make clear any licensing issues that will accompany these files. Okay, so there's usually a distinction made between a normal commercial use license, and that's usually like maybe a thousand or less, a thousand or less oh, um, units that you're printing and distributing. And then there's an extended commercial use license where the volume doesn't matter, but you're actually going to ask them to pay you an additional amount of money if that's what they would like to do with your product. So there, there, there will be some sort of liability out there. They will have legal exposure if they use your files in a way that you have not dictated to them in your description on your product. So just keep that in mind. The number eight, um, educational services. So marketing resources to other calligraphers and budding lettering enthusiasts is a monetization option, okay? So you can use your knowledge to educate and sell products and services to your peers and calligraphy and lettering newbies. Social media triggered a high interest in the hand-lettered arts, and you can provide calligraphy and lettering worksheets, online courses, mentorship for the newly curious or new newer calligraphy business owners to consume and take advantage of. I mean, I will speak from personal experience that it is tough to do this and do client work at the same time. Um, that's why you will find a lot of educators. That's all they do. They do that exclusively. Um, but before I leaned into providing more problem-solving content to my audience personally, um, I just scaled back on the amount of work that I take on during wedding season. I used to take on so much work, I would be drowning every weekend, three, four weddings a weekend. I can't do that anymore and still be there for my audience. I want to provide value and I want to make sure that I am serving my patrons 
on my Patreon. So I have to, there has to be some sort of balance. But this is a very nice monetization option for calligraphers who feel like they have something to give people who are coming up behind them. Okay, so quick review of the eight ways you can monetize. Envelopes and place cards. Calligraphy is fine art. Watercolor artists. Um, three, on-site brand activations. Four, signage. Number five was children's signage. Six, modern calligraphy using brush pens, paint brushes, text decoration. Seven, product calligraphy, apparel, phone cases, etc. And number eight, educational services, marketing your knowledge to other calligraphers and budding lettering enthusiasts. Um, I am including a link to a PDF in the show notes that you can download listing these categories so you can refer to them later as reference. I think it will be invaluable as you contemplate your offerings to your audience. And that is it for today's episode. If you are not already subscribed to this show, make sure you hit the little plus button in Apple Podcasts or follow in Spotify, and it'll just mean that you'll get each new episode straight to your podcast app every Monday. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I appreciate you listening. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Check out some of my problem-solving content in the show notes, and I'd love to connect with you on socials. I can be found on Patreon, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube under Calligraphy by CT. Until next time.